What's cracking, pimps? What's going on? And welcome to episode 45 of the Mac Daddy Seminar. As always, I'm your host, Taylor Dunn, and we're just going to roll right into it today, guys. Okay? A couple of days ago, I put out a post on Facebook and I said, Who are my big conspiracy theorists out there? I want to do a podcast circulating around conspiracy theories and things that people believe that other people don't and vice versa. And I had a pretty good amount of responses. A couple of you reached out to me and I decided to go with my guest today. And I'm just going to jump right into it. Uh, my guest today on the podcast is a Alabama-born comic. Uh, we didn't ever really meet up in person. However, we pretty much started at the same comedy club, the Stardome in Birmingham. Uh, he now lives in Boston, Massachusetts, where he does stand-up up there. Um, he has a podcast called Trash Panda Talks Wrestling. Go check that out on YouTube and wherever you stream your podcasts. My guest today is none other than Vaden Jones. Well, I'm good to go, man. That's good to hear, man. How you doing? Doing really well. Doing really well. Um, hanging out up here in Boston. How is the... Uh... Like, how's it going up there as far as, um, you know, what's going on with the whole lockdown and whatnot? Well, the New England has kind of shut itself off from the rest of the world at this point. Um, we're doing really well. Things are starting to open up a little bit. I'm even able to get back to bartending a little bit. So so the bars are actually opening up there. Yeah, I was, I was at the bar last night until like 11. Jesus. So here in San Diego, we pretty much shut everything down like March 13th or so. And as soon as it did, it literally just turned it into like no man's land. You couldn't do shit, right? I went to the comedy store up in La Jolla the night before everything shut down and they had like, they sold the place out, but it was still like, you knew it was coming because they were like wiping everything down and the main comedy store in LA had just closed. So, you know, everybody was kind of looking at each other like what's about to happen. And then they announced it was shutting down and it was nothing for like a month. Bars were closed. You couldn't go to the zoo. I mean, you couldn't do anything. And then it stayed like that for like a month and they slowly started to open things back up. Like even the beach was closed. Yeah. Which we, I mean, shit, 90% of San Diego is covered in coastline. So that we were like, how are you going to keep people from going to the beach? And they'd write you like a thousand dollar ticket if they caught you walking around on the beach. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And so pretty much everything slowly started to open back up right around the time of like all the protests and stuff. Then that made everybody not want to go outside. And then as that started to kind of go away a little bit, then, you know, oh, well, the cases are spiking again. Sorry, that was around July 4th. And since then, no bars have been open. The comedy clubs have moved outside. So it's just, it's just weird. Like, just finding things to go do is so difficult right now. Like, I just posted on Facebook a couple of minutes ago of how jealous I am of Alabama because I see all these people on Facebook. They're going to water parks and, you know, riding rides and shit they got the uh they got the fair coming back here pretty soon and i'm like we you know we got to wear a mask on the beach here 
<laughs> it's like, uh, I mean, we were, we shut everything, like everything was shut down for like three months. So we've only been slowly opening up for like a month. Uh, my roommate basically like three hookups a week. I mean, good for him, but it made yeah. me feel really nervous. I mean, that that's so like, did you see that shit where they were like, hey, you know, if you want to hook up with a girl, you need to do it through like a barrier, like, do, like consider doing it through the wall or some shit. I mean, like, what's. At that point, you're you're just doing it, right? Yeah, I know, right? Like, like connection, maybe a little. It's all good, man. But uh, yeah, the only, the only mask you need at that point is you know condom. So I guess that's just so weird. Like when they posted that, everybody just was like, "This is a joke." Because what else do you have to do, honestly? Like if you're a single guy, you can't really go out and go anywhere. You still got Tinder. You know, so if girls are coming over to hook up and the CDC wants you to do it through a fucking wall to prevent you from catching the goddamn coronavirus. I just, I don't know. What do you think about all this stuff, man? Like, do you think there's something bigger at play? Do you think, like, what is your take on the coronavirus? Well, I have, I have several theories. Several, several theories. Um, if... If it was made in China, it would make sense because they sent us into an economic shutdown collapse that we ended up having to borrow like $3 trillion and now we're going to do it again. So they essentially own our economy at this point. So it's, it's economic warfare, if, if nothing else. And right. uh, I believe I, I had this theory on my podcast a couple of weeks ago that uh, Trump and the coronavirus were created in the same lab to destroy America, and that's why Trump can't get coronavirus. Isn't that, like, that was a thing that I said, like, back in April. I was like, all these politicians, especially him, like, you never see them wearing a mask, and they're telling everybody you need to wear a mask to go outside. But you never, like, he just recently, I just saw an article, it was like, Trump is seen for the first time wearing a mask in public, and I'm like, He's still traveling around. He's getting on, I mean, yeah, it's Air Force One and whatnot, but still, like, is it really that important that everyone wears a mask? Maybe he had it. Maybe he had the coronavirus and it was just real quick and he was like, we're not going to tell anybody that he had it. Because think about how crazy everybody would go if it I came think, out that he had it. I think he's avoided it just by, like, drinking bleach. That could be it. I'm, I'm curious to see like let's fast forward like a year from now and then they figure out if there's like some random cure like hey if you eat a tide pod <laughs> it would it would it, you're immune to the coronavirus maybe that's why so many young kids haven't really the cases haven't spiked in young kids because remember that was like a year ago where that was a thing where motherfuckers were eating tide pods and we had nothing to worry about the answer's been right in front of us the whole time. I don't know, man. Like, there's so much. Like, that was really the whole purpose of this. That's the reason I wanted to get together with you and talk today is because it seems like the whole idea of calling people a conspiracy theorist has gone away because so much crazy shit is happening right now. I think everybody is a little bit 
of a conspiracy theorist at this point. Well, the coronavirus is like the perfect setup for a whirlwind of conspiracy theories. Yeah. Everybody's locked inside. You know, you have full access to the internet. And then the more crazy shit starts happening, people start putting two and two together. Like, I've read some stuff that'll take me like an hour to read. And it's like, this is all connected. Like, people think, you know, the coronavirus pandemic somehow goes into the whole Jeffrey Epstein, Ghislaine Maxwell, the pedophile, the pedo wood, as they're calling it, from Hollywood right now. Uh, what was that last part? The whole, the whole part about, like, they think how the coronavirus and they think it's all a big distraction from all this, like, this pedowood pedophilia stuff that's going on, like, in Hollywood and attached to celebrities and politicians. Like, have you been reading into that at all? I've read a little bit into it, but, you know, that, that's something that's, like, always been happening. It's been happening for, like, several years now, and I just if you wanted to distract everybody from it, just put out another Tiger King. <laughs> like, yeah. And then we're good. Like, yeah. I don't know. I feel like at this point there is, there's no going back. Like with like, cause now they're starting to protest like against pedophilia in Hollywood, which is, it's kind of beautiful to see because it's people from all different races, all different ages. Like, this is the one cause that every single person gets behind. Like, hey, this is fucked up. Regardless if you're a diehard conservative or like a super strong liberal, everybody is coming together and they're like, hey, this is fucked up on a human level. And they're walking down Sunset Boulevard protesting against it right now. And like with all this shit that I'm seeing about like all these documents have come out that, you know, the statements that, Ghislaine Maxwell has made, you know, her naming names, like people like Tom Hanks. Like, he's one of the... Yeah, it, Tom Hanks is shocking to me because he's like America's man, you know? Yeah. Like, he's in Alabama. He is an icon because of... Oh, absolutely. I, I, he, he should have a statue right next to uh, the guy from The Killer Mockingbird. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's... Like, that was everybody's movie growing up. Like, if you were from Alabama, you watched Forrest Gump at least once. I mean, I don't, I don't know anybody from Alabama that, like, can't quote, that like, half the movie. Yeah. You know? And it's a great movie, regardless of what it, like, me and my wife were talking about it last night. Like, hey, if all this shit about Tom Hanks turns out to be true, are you not going to watch Forrest Gump anymore? Or, or Castaway, even. We watched Castaway a couple of nights ago, too. We let, my daughter wanted to watch it with us. Oh, we wow. Sat on the, yeah. <laughs> she was like, what? why is he on that island? And it was like, he's stuck there. <laughs> she was like, why doesn't he build a boat? And I'm like, I don't know. It wouldn't be a very good movie if he did. <laughs> Which he does at the Which end. Which he does. Yeah. But I yeah, don't know, man. I mean, I, I, I would absolutely probably still watch Forrest Gump. I, I don't know. It's just iconic. Yeah. Like, there's so many, like, with all the people that they've named off that could have connection to this entire Jeffrey Epstein scandal, that this has been happening for 20-plus years. All the stuff that Alex Jones talked about 
years ago and everybody's like, oh, this motherfucker's crazy when he started talking about Bohemian Grove and all these politicians running around in the woods naked and shit and worshiping the devil. All of this shit is starting to make sense now. And it's like, what happened? <laughs> I mean, with, with every conspiracy, there's like at least an ounce of truth. Yeah, it has to be. Like, some of it is so dark and twisted. Like, when you really read into it, it's like, okay, I don't know how true this is. This just sounds like somebody who dropped LSD one night and knew how to write an article. And now it's got, you know, 50,000 people trending it on Reddit. Like, what what is, you know, really going on with that whole scandal? What's happening, like, in actuality? And what is like all built up off of imagination. Like, have you read into Frazzle Drip at all? Oh no, what's that? Okay. So this is the darkest one that I've come across to date. Okay. Now don't quote me on this because I've only read the article and like watched videos on it just because I saw it trending on Twitter. All right. So, and I, I saw some stuff about it on Facebook. So basically, for like 10, 15 years now, all of these like stars like Ellen DeGeneres, Jay-Z, Lady Gaga, they've all been like, even in, even Castaway, even uh, the volleyball, Wilson and Castaway, it's got like that bloody handprint with a face. They're all like doing something, I guess, to drop hints about Frazzle Drip, okay? So what Frazzle Drip is, is a, according to this article, Remember uh, Anthony Weiner? Of course, yeah. Yeah, okay. So he got in trouble because they found out he was, like, sending his wiener to people, right? The most, the most ironic scandal. One of the funniest <laughs> things that I've ever heard, right? So apparently the FBI started doing an investigation on him, and they went on his laptop. And on his laptop, he had a file labeled life insurance. They clicked on it, and when it opened up, was a video and it was Hillary Clinton and another high profile uh, politician woman. Don't, her name escapes me. If you want to Google it, I'm sure the, the information's all there. But apparently there's a video of Hillary Clinton and another high profile politician in the woods with a little girl chained to a tree. Whoa. Yeah. And they are in the video, they are torturing her in order to produce adrenochrome. And what adrenochrome is, is when apparently when you terrorize somebody to the point that their adrenal glands, their adrenaline flushes through their bloodstream and they apparently, when you drink blood that has high amounts of adrenaline in it, it's almost like the fountain of youth makes you it's like the the miracle drug apparently it like it makes you smarter it makes you more focused it makes you hardly age and i've seen how it like connects to all types of things like like they were like they've been dropping hints about this all along like in the movie monsters inc like that was how the monsters powered their city was by oh, yeah. scaring children yeah Oh, shit. But, I mean, the video, the way that they described it was the most insane thing I have ever heard. Like, it's got 
like heavy trigger warnings on it. You can't actually see the video, but it's like people's interviews that have seen it and they give like a description of what they saw. And they said that they have a little girl chained to the tree in the woods and Hillary Clinton cuts this little girl's face off and puts it on her own face and like is dancing around with it, trying to terrorize the little girl. Of course, you know, I don't know who would even survive something like that, but apparently that wasn't enough. And then they cut this child's stomach open and pull out their intestines. And what then the- he obviously dies. And then they drink her blood and they're running around. They got like robes on and all this crazy shit. Like it's the most demonic satanic thing I've ever heard. Yeah, that's, that's the craziest shit I've ever heard of. Now I would it I would believe it had some sort of uh fountain of youth proper properties uh if uh Hillary Clinton didn't look the way she does. Well <laughs> right. I mean she's obviously not giving it to Bill. She's obviously not taking it herself either. Yeah. Bill looks like a fucking corpse. I don't know if you've seen Bill lately, but for yeah, the past couple like of walking skeleton. Like he was I mean, obviously he was president twenty, twenty five plus years ago, but I mean the motherfucker looked kinda healthy back then. It's almost like fucking Hillary Clinton's been drinking his blood or some shit because I've seen pictures of them together and I'm like, holy fuck, he looks terrible. <laughs> but yeah, I mean and like it's just weird because here I'm trying to pull it up on my phone so I can show a picture. I'll put it in like a drop down thing later. But like there's all this shit on it. Yeah, all you gotta do is Google it. Like you just Google Frazzle Drip and you see all these pictures of fucking Anthony Weiner and I mean shit like this pops up. I don't know if you can see that. Oh, shit. That's from fucking uh, They Live. Yeah. Here, I'll read it to you. It says, The purpose of this file name of a snuff film found on the laptop of Anthony Weiner in a folder named Life Insurance. It was said to make even the most hardened New York City police veterans cry. It's said to show Weiner's wife, Huma Abedin. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. And Hillary Clinton performing a satanic ritual abuse on a young girl, surgically removing her face and wearing it as a mask to flood the victim's bloodstream with adrenaline. Blood drink in this state is an elite's drug of choice called adrenochrome. Now, with all of that said, that's so crazy. They're like, there's no way some shit like that's actually happening. But imagine... If that shit is true. It looks like it's from 2018. It could, it might be. I mean, it may not be a new story. Yeah, from what I'm seeing, I'm not going into too much detail. It looks like there's just more evidence now. Yeah. Like, like you said, people are inside. They have time to research this type of thing and they can make their own videos and make their own, you know, accounts of what's happening. But like, imagine how little of a fuck everyone will give about everything if stuff like that is true. Yeah, it kind of... <laughs> the thing about, like, conspiracies, like, you start to care less about other things as 
something gets more and more ridiculous. Yeah. Like how like how are you but worried? In a way the conspiracy is the conspiracy. Yeah. Like didn't the Pentagon just a couple of days ago confirm that we have UFOs flying around in space and shit and it's like no big deal, like no one even cares. Well, I mean, we've been talking about UFOs since like the 40s and 30s. Yeah. I mean, but it's always been speculation, but now we actually are getting proof from our government like, hey, this is real. <laughs> we and everybody's just like, oh, well, you know, we're going to wear a mask to go to like, Applebee's. If you let people sit on a conspiracy for long enough, like aliens, it just becomes like accepted. Yeah. Uh, even if it's not confirmed, people are just like, yeah, aliens are probably a thing. And then by the time they're like, oh, yeah, we, we actually have all this video that we never sh showed you guys. It's like, oh, yeah, we, we kind of knew. Yeah. Like, it's and, just... and that's, that's what's ridiculous. Is like aliens used to be the big conspiracy. And now it's just like it's nothing because there's so many other ridiculous things. Yeah, I feel like everybody's like, well, if they were going to attack us, they would have done it by now. And if they're not here to, you know, kill us all, then I'm not really that worried about it. Yeah, well, I think uh, I think we're not worth their time if they're out there. We're yeah. like, we're like Maybe. goldfish to them. Yeah, I mean, there's so many different interpretations of like what they would look like and what they would want. You know, I would hope it'd be like that movie Signs, where they're like scary as hell looking, but they don't like water. <laughs> like I'd feel pretty safe. I would just lock and load, have super soakers all over my house, and be like, you know, run up if you want to. <laughs> Break out the garden hose. That movie is scary as fuck. That movie's stupid as fuck. Well, I saw it for the first time when I was like seven years old. And I just moved to like the boonies of Alabama. Like I lived in Montgomery and then moved, you know, out past Wetumpka, which is butt fuck nowhere, where it's just cornfields and like farmhouses and that was the first movie we watched after we moved out there, and it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah, okay. That hits a little closer. <laughs> I mean, the the scariest part of the whole movie is that Mexican birthday party. That was the... Yeah, I, I think it's funny now, but watching it back then, those kids are like, look, 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 look. And that, that motherfucker comes walking across the screen like this. Like a Bigfoot. Yeah. <laughs> and then knowing the entire time, like after you've seen it once, like you could just go throw a glass of water on that motherfucker and it'll kill him. Yeah, and like, why did it take them so long to figure out just like water? I don't know. Even like, because M. Night Shyamalan, you know, he's always got like a small part in his movies and stuff. And when he when Mel Gibson talks to him, he's like, I don't think they like water. And that ends up being the thing that beats them at the end. It's like, oh, we just got to throw tap water on these things and it'll kill them. At least they weren't like, at least they didn't have to waste like whiskey or something. Just the water. Yeah. I mean, think like, why would they come to a planet that's like 80% water to begin with? Would they just be in like the, like, the middle of the U.S., places like Oklahoma and shit, where there's like hardly any water or the desert. Maybe that's maybe that's why there's so many, you know, accounts of like 
UFOs out in the desert and shit because there's no water out there. Oh, that's that's a fair point. In like you know, Area Fifty One's out in the middle of the desert. Yep. It's kind of crazy still, that you brought up Area Fifty One. I, I still think Area Fifty One is not like. I think an alien just got lost and then we like carjacked him. Yeah. I had an opportunity to uh, go to that base. Like, so Edwards Air Force Base is like really closely connected to Area 51. And I was actually going to be stationed there before I got orders here. So I had an opportunity to be like on the air base that connected to Area 51. And I lost those orders. But I was just like, I started researching it before I found out I was going there. And I was like, oh, shit. You know, because I'd be wandering around and stuff. Like, I get bored. So, I, you know, I go for a walk on my way to the smoke pit or something. And, you know, if I look in a hangar bay and I see a fucking spaceship, I got to, I got to, I got to put that on Instagram. (laughs) You know? I uh, I drove down UFO Highway uh, going into Roswell at like, I was on a road trip and we drove into Roswell at like midnight. And it's one of the creepiest roads I have ever been on. It, there was no clouds, but there were no stars. Like it was oh, that's a weird. clear night, but there was, it was just pitch black in every direction except for where the headlights were. It was so eerie creepy. That is really weird. Because you would think if there's no artificial light that you would be able to see hella stars up there. Like when I lived out in the country, there was, you know, hardly any houses. So you could look up and just see so many fucking stars up there. And yeah, that's wild. what freaked me out. Is like I'm, I'm used to living out in the country too uh, and just, you know, sitting on top of a hill and staring at the stars. But they were, I'm telling you, there was there was no rain, there were no clouds, it was a clear night, and then just all of a sudden, it was pitch black in every direction. That's for scary. Like, for like a good couple of miles. That's scary as fuck. <laughs> I, there's got to be something to it out there. I don't know what. I don't know what. I'm just saying it, there's something. I don't know, man. How do you feel about uh, ghosts and shit? I mean... It's, see, when it comes to ghosts, like, it starts to get into this, like, religious zone that I don't really care for. I feel you. But, I mean, energy is energy. So, like, you know, can't, like, scientifically, energy can't be created or destroyed. So, like, I don't know what happens to me after I go. Maybe I'd just be a ghost and hang out. Maybe my energy just kind of sticks around. Like, I'm, 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 I'm kind of in the same boat. Ghost. I'm kind of in the same boat. It does get into religion and whatnot, like what happens after we die. But, like, I don't know if I believe in ghosts. I've never encountered anything paranormal. I hope I don't because I'm such a bitch when it comes to that type of stuff. Like, I don't like even watching paranormal movies because... I'm still scarred by The Exorcist. I I don't think I've ever actually watched the original Exorcist. Just because... It's like the only horror movie that I, I literally still cannot watch to this day for some reason. 
and like all the reports like that so much shit was happening on the set like while they were filming it and stuff like apparently like a few people died while they were filming the movie and stuff like that shit creeps me out man yeah there's a couple of movies that have like weird conspiracies behind them, like weird stuff was going on I don't, I don't know like i've never i've never personally witnessed anything paranormal but i can watch like have you watched the haunting of hill house I think I've watched, I watched like the original one. There's like an original old, one? Yeah, there's like an uh, a old black and white one. Oh, shit. I didn't even know that because I just watched the series on Netflix. And you know, I'm a grown-ass man. And that sh- fucking show scared the shit out of me. Like, yeah, now, was, now just imagine it with Vincent Price. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Because... Like I watched it. It was such a good show. We could we binged the entire first season in like two days. Like we just started watching it and it was scary as fuck, but like we couldn't turn away because it was so good. We finished Whoa, the entire like a, thing. Like a scary car wreck. Yeah. It was like and I it was it fucked me up like Anything that happened, like, right after that, like, if the light started flickering or some shit, I'd just be standing in the living room like, like, what what the fuck is happening? You know? <laughs> but see, the thing, like, I don't know, I, I don't get weirded out by stuff like that anymore. I guess now that I live, like, in Boston, like, weird sounds and noises just happen everywhere, <laughs> like, all the time. So I kind of get immune to it. Yeah. I kind of hear what you're saying like like when the house you know because i stayed here by myself for a couple of weeks my wife and my daughter they went back to alabama just because it's so boring here so they went home to visit family for a little bit and i'm on a uh a travel ban right now i can i can still travel but it has to be approved by like like really big wig people and you have to give them like a legitimate reason to leave so anyway i stayed here for like three weeks by myself and I would go to bed at night, and any time, like, the the house would make a noise. Like, you know, like, sometimes houses will pop and shit in the middle of the night. Oh, yeah. It would scare the shit out of me. Because I'd just be laying in bed, and it's pitch black in my house. And all of a sudden, you just hear this loud... And I'm like, what the fuck was that? Or if my dog started barking. Because we had this little pipsqueak of a dog. And any type of anything like that he'll he'll start barking at it and i'm like what what the fuck i don't know that shit freaks me out but on the other hand if being a ghost is an option after we die i would probably pick to be a ghost just for oh, a yeah, I'm, de- I'm definitely taking that option it's like hey okay so here are your options you can if you're a good person if you know you're religious or whatnot, you pass on to heaven or the paradise or whatever, or you go to hell, or you can attempt to get into heaven, but you got to be a ghost and you got to do good. You got to do this certain stuff as a ghost. I mean, what, what if I just don't want to do either one? I just want to like hang out and terrorize people that I hate. That would be, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely scaring the shit out of some people. I'm, if I'm going to be a ghost, I'm going to be a, a malevolent like, ghost figure. Yeah. Like, I want there to be, like, like film crews coming out to where I am, like, 
coming to like I want that to be the best episode of Ghost Adventures. <laughs> when they come to the Dunn house and they're like, "Oh, this guy, you know, he was a he was an open mic comedian back in the you know 2010 2020s, and he passed away, and now his ghost haunts all the families that live here." Yada yada yada, and then they're like. I can't even watch Ghost Adventures just because it feels so made up. It's just like that Bigfoot show. Where yeah, those shows are like, they try way too hard. It's like, if, if you're here, say something. And they just show the little energy spike on their uh, like EMP reader. And it's like, oh, okay. It was really, really cold like, in here. <laughs> we, see, we see the orbs. We see the orbs. Bro, that's the dustiest room you've ever been yeah. in. <laughs> show them to me. Like, I want to if if they really want people to watch that show. Let me see some shit that I've seen in a movie. Let me see something come running out of the dark, punch somebody in the face, and you know we have that on film. That yeah, okay? Let me, the, let me see all the cabinets opening and shutting and like yeah, chair fly across the room or some shit. Don't give me this. Ooh, I heard a noise. Yeah, <laughs> like I actually, whenever I was coming out to California, we went to a place that was on an episode of Ghost Adventures. It was uh, the Birdhouse Theater in Tombstone, Arizona. Okay. Which I highly, highly recommend. If you've never been down there, definitely make a stop. If you like the movie Tombstone, you will fall in love. It is the coolest. I mean, the town is, it's a real place. And you, you know, the whole town has got, you know, stuff about Doc Holliday and Wyatt Earp and all this shit in there. And the Birdcage Theater, which they actually made a scene in the movie, it's still standing. And you can go inside and, you know, it's like a museum, but at night they turn it into a paranormal experience. Of course. And then they take you in there and they cut all the lights off and shit and you sit in silence for like 30 minutes and apparently like 80 people have died in that building and there's bullet holes all in the ceiling and shit. So when we paid to go in, you know, it was still during the day, but I was like, this is fucking spooky. Cause I mean, it's an old ass building and it shows you like how little people were back then, like these little bitty doorways that now you have to like squeeze under and like walk through. I don't think people talk about that enough. Like why were people so short 50, 60 years ago. Yeah, what, it's really not even that long ago. Well, I guess, I don't know. That's, that's a good question. Why were people so tiny? Like, I, we lived in this house when I was in high school that had these doors that led to the attic, and they no shit were like four feet tall. That's like, it wasn't... The it house coming in now in Boston is like a real, like, obviously Boston's an old city. But, like, the basement downstairs, there's, like, doors that come up to, like, right here on me. Yeah. It's, like, it's not not little enough to be a crawl space, but it's not tall enough to be a full door. Maybe maybe those doors are built for for ghosts. They're they're the only ones that can go through them. I didn't spend a lot of time up there. Like, the only times I ever would look in that room would be to, like, I don't know. I think I just show it to people. Like, Look at this creepy ass door. And it was in my brother and my sister's room. Cause the way the house was set up, my brother's room was on one end. My sister's room was on the other. I lived in the basement and my parents, they lived on the main floor. So the house was like set up like this. And 
they both had a door that led to the attic in their rooms. So they both had this little bitty ass door in their rooms. And I would be like, you know, what if this is like a fucking entrance to another dimension? I mean, I was smoking gratuitous amounts of marijuana at the time. So, you know, I could believe that shit for days, but (laughs) you know, it was just so weird. Like you'd walk, you'd go in there and you could look through the other side and you'd have somebody look at you. And then we would, we would trip out about that shit for days. Well, that's the thing with ghosts and, and paranormal. Like, your mind is so, you know, our, the human mind is so creative and has such a big imagination that, like, we'll just take anything and run with that, like, like we do with conspiracy theories. Like, you hear a bump in the night and then you're like, oh, that must be the ghost of Colonel so and so from 1842. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. After watching that Patrick Swayze movie, Ghost. That was one of my favorite movies growing up as a kid. I was like, you know what? It might be pretty cool to be a ghost because you could legitimately scare the shit out of like people that you hated. Yeah, that's that's my whole goal. Like, I have no life goals. I have afterlife goals. Yeah, <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> I don't know though. Like, you think there's like a learning curve like he had in that movie where he had to like learn how to pick stuff up, or do you think you just? got it like that it's gotta be because i guess be like turning into a ghost would be like you know being born you had to figure out how to walk or like Like yeah i guess it would take a little bit of time you wouldn't just jump in and be like oh i can do everything you gotta level up like you're in a video game like at first you've got to learn how to like walk through walls and not fall through the floor and shit like that and then eventually you can learn how to make the lights flicker and then you start picking stuff up and Pretty soon, you can make all the furniture in the house levitate and shit like that. And well, see, that's the real ghost adventure. Have they made a video game like that? I want to say that they have. I know There's they made. Gotta be. I know they made one where you were like a detective, and you get killed, and you still got to like solve. I think it's called like murdered soul suspect or something. I don't think it was very good because it's always like ninety nine cents on the PlayStation Store, but. I think you get killed and you come back and you are a ghost and you like, you get to solve the crime. Like you get to solve your own murder as a ghost. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't think I would waste my time trying to figure out who killed me or, or solve my murder. Once I'm, because once I'm dead, I'm dead. Yeah. I got, I got ghost things to do. I gotta, I gotta figure out how to manifest myself and go. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know, I I got no time for that. I know, right? Like I said, I got afterlife goals. So, what's the uh, what's the comedy scene like in Boston when everything isn't shut down? Uh, it's pretty good. It's uh, I mean, with I feel like with every comedy scene everywhere, there's always a little bit of uh, a little bit of clickiness, and you got your groups here and groups there. But overall, it's like really supportive. Like, uh, I remember, like, there are people that I don't get along with very well, but, like, when I broke my leg and had to be in a hospital for a couple of months, like, everybody, like, showed support and, like, donated money for me and shit. So, like, it, it's, there's, it's, and there's so much variety of, you know, people, people that do one-liners, people that do stories. Um, I, yeah, it's, it's a good mix. There's a lot of sketch comedy up here. 
Um, I'm a little sad that the improv closed. Oh yeah, uh, for good I think. But I kind of didn't. I didn't really like the people that ran it. But that's that's a me thing. Uh, but overall, like there's this, you know, you can do comedy any day of the week. Yeah, you know, it's the Monday same week. reason I wanted to move out here. Like when they offered you know, the Navy offered me orders to San Diego. I was like, yeah, I'll take them, you know, and the, cause I was, I was in Mississippi for five years after I joined. I mean, obviously growing up in Alabama, there's only a handful of options that you can choose from. I start, you know, I went to the Stardome, but it being so far away, it wasn't like I could go there multiple times a week. And it was kind of the same story in Mississippi. Like, the nearest comedy club was in like Jackson. So the only opportunities you had for open mics and whatnot was like if a local bar was putting one on. Right. And you'd go in there and, you know, you'd walk in and there'd just be the normal crowd in there. You know, these dudes that are like, yeah, man, we started this open mic and nobody would be prepared. It would just be just, yeah, we're just going to talk shit, but just into a microphone which some people are good at. Some people can do that and, you know, it's hilarious, but you would go up there and, you know, it'd be most of the time it'd be my first time going in there and, you know, I'd have a five minute set prepared and, you know, I'd get up and they'd all think it was fantastic just because it had something like it would be something now I'd consider to be terrible, but they'd all be like, man, that was fantastic. You got to come back next week. Hey, by the way, can I have a ride? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's always it. That, I don't, I don't it. know you, man. Like, oh, dude, it's like that, man. I thought we were cool. It's like, I just met you, you know? <laughs> yeah, you just complimented my joke. That doesn't mean you get a ride. And then, <laughs> you know, if you are nice enough to give them a ride, which I did one time, you know, oh, can you stop at this gas station? And they go to the gas station, and, they, you know, there's some shady dude standing outside, and he walks up to him. You see him give him some money, and you're like, hey, what the fuck did you just buy? <laughs> what did you just get in my car with you know yeah it, that's, it was, that's what i didn't like about uh it's why i moved to boston the more just more availability in uh, everything not just comedy but yeah it's like in birmingham you had the stardome and then there was like two bar spots during the week and then to do any other open mics, you had to like drive to Montgomery one day. I had to drive to Memphis on Thursdays to do an open mic up in this four hour drive just to, just to go do comedy. And now I can like, I can take a, I can hop on a, a, a train, a commuter rail and be in Rhode Island or go up to New Hampshire or New York. Yeah. I mean, the, that's just like with here, like during the week, this is obviously when everything was open because they're still doing open mic now, but it's it's weird. Like they just they just opened up a spot at my normal place, which is the Comedy Palace, which is a little bit of a drive. It's about a fifteen minute drive, but the way they have it set up outside now, I like it because they have it. It's almost like a wedding tent right outside the club, and they have a nice stage built, and it's bringing in a lot of like good crowds, like people that are buying drinks and they follow all the rules, and you know they're doing what they're supposed to. But my downtown spots are the Madhouse Comedy Club and the American Comedy Company. And they're pretty much right on the same street. Like when you walk right up through Gaslamp, which is the big party district in San Diego, you got 
the Madhouse on one corner and you got the American Comedy Company on another corner. And the way I'd always get there, I live on Coronado, which is this little island that's connected by like a peninsula and this big giant bridge in San Diego. Uh, and I would just ride the ferry across. So like, it was really cool. It was a lot different than going to do comedy in Alabama where, you know, drive to the ferry landing and you hop on the ferry and you ride across and then you know you just got to walk up through downtown and then boom you're right there at two of the biggest comedy clubs in the city that's that's cool yeah it was it was really cool but now you know they they for a while like everything shut down for a while and then once all the protests started the american comedy company stayed open under the guise of well, we're having peaceful protests in here. So the governor couldn't, because that was the big thing. The governor was like, hey, so you need to, can't go to amusement parks. You can't go here. You can't go there. But if you want to protest, that's fine. Yeah, I guess there's a constitutional thing you can't get past, really. Yeah. So they said, hey, we're going to have a peaceful protest in here. So they stayed open and they were making hella money because all the other comedy clubs yeah. in town were closed. Yeah. So they ran the Monopoly and they were having headliners come. They had uh, Russell Peters come one night and they had, they had Tom Segura slotted for July 11th. I want to say I got bought tickets. They were super cheap too. They were like 30 bucks a piece to go see Tom Segura in a club that only seats like 150 people. So I was like, Oh shit. So I bought them and then, they shut everything down again. So he's slotted to perform August 27th. And I'm hoping that they don't just, he's not going to perform outside. He's too high profile to perform outside. Especially because the material that he's going to use, he's probably going to shoot a special with. And I just don't see him being comfortable with, you know, performing right out there on the street and everybody can record it with their cell phones. Like, I don't right. see that happening. Yeah, we're, uh, I don't think any of the comedy clubs here have opened up again. I know none of the, I know none of the open mic spots have. Uh, the comedy studio is still doing some like online content stuff. Uh, but other than that, I think there's like two or three people that are running um, like open air, open mics, like in their backyards. Yeah, they're doing the same thing here. People have started their own or they're going to like empty parking lots that nobody's used in 10 years and they're setting up open mics. And it's cool, you know, there's a lot of people who get around to a, a lot of the mics every single week. You'll see them at the comedy store. You'll see them in, you know, the palace. You'll see them everywhere. So now that everywhere's a lot of the guys, they'll work there too. Yeah, you know they get opportunities to open for big name acts. I've seen a lot of like really good big name acts since I've been out here, which was crazy because you know living in the South, you know you might have to drive to New Orleans or something to see somebody big. But that's what's so crazy, like what you said about the opportunity here. Like, I drive two hours up the road and go to the comedy store, and you're seeing people with Netflix specials, people, you know, legends walking around in the hallway. Like I got to go see Joe Rogan do an hour 
at the comedy store back in September and I met Chris D'Elia in the hallway. I was like, holy shit. Now he's not the most popular person right now, but at the time, you know, he was, he was the man. Yeah. I've never been a, uh, I'll be honest. I've never been a D'Elia fan. I, and there's one, a, a former friend of mine, former friend and fellow comedian, super huge into Crystalia. When I like when the news broke about that, I was just like, "Oh, good! Like they're gonna be so upset." <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I get that. Like, I'm I'm not a huge fan of his stand-up. I think it's a lot of, you know, like really easy premises. It's a lot of like bro humor. You can yeah, definitely it, 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 use the the silly voice gimmick. Yeah, I hate. I get that, and I think that's a thing that people, you know have a misconception about like you don't have to, you don't have to like somebody's comedy to be a fan of them like there's people that i can't stand their specials but i was like i'm not a huge fan of kevin hart i don't think a lot of at least the recent stuff that kevin hart has done is funny at all and you know i still watch it you know i'm trying to you know see what i can learn what is he doing what can i do a little bit different you know yeah, I mean, you can definitely respect the hustle, and there's definitely something you know to be learned from you know, people who make it that far, even if even if you think they're not funny. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can respect the hustle. I respect the game. I just don't just don't care for them. Yeah, I don't know. They're coming after everybody out here. I think there's about to be a major shift in like what's considered like the spot to be as far as a comic, like. I'm sure you've heard by now, like Joe Rogan has left LA. He's going to Texas. Really? Yeah. Like he announced it like a month ago. He's been thinking about it for years, but it's just with the traffic and everything, like he was, he makes so much money off of his podcast. He almost doesn't have to do stand up anymore. Oh, he absolutely does. I mean, he just, he just got a huge paycheck from uh, Spotify. Yeah. It's like a hundred. I'm sure it might have been even more, but it what was reported was a hundred million dollars to make yeah, his podcast exclusive on pot on Spotify. That, and that's insane. I mean, that is he's he already makes plenty just doing it on YouTube with you know his sponsors and whatnot. Yeah, and I mean, you got to think about how many different jobs this guy has. Like a lot of people. I mean, think about like the UFC. Think about how much money he makes commentating the UFC. Oh yeah, and he's been he's been doing that since like almost day one. And at the end of the day, he's still just a comic. Like I I like I'm not a huge fan of Joe Rogan. When I watch his specials, I'm I mean, some of it's funny, some of it's clever, but it's not like, oh my God, that was the funniest shit I've ever heard. But I went to go see him live, and it was ten times better. I, I can believe that because you know, you know the way they edit those you know, specials. There's tons of material that doesn't make it into. How do you feel about Andrew Schultz? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, which one is that? New York-based comic. Um, doesn't have any specials out. He did a YouTube special called Crowdwork, Crowdwork Special. He put that out the same time Chappelle put out Sticks and Stones. Oh, that's, that's unfortunate. 
<laughs> well, I think that's the reason he wanted to do it. Like, like I get why a lot of people don't know about him. Like, he's not mainstream yet. But the way that he's going about doing things is, like, completely different than how it's basically been written down is, you know, do open mic for a long time and then you start to get pretty good, you get pretty noticed, then you start to feature. And then you feature and you, you know, you be an opener for a while and you do that and you're a good feature, then you can start to cross over into headliner. And then you headline for five to 10 years and then maybe a network will be like, hey, would you be interested in doing a special? And that's when you can really start to kind of blossom into like a full-blown a-lister comic but with him you know he's been in the game for 15 years i want to say and no one's ever offered him a special he's been headlining for years and he just started releasing content on youtube like just consistently releasing content and he did that he did a 30 minute special where it was all crowd work so it was none of his material that he ran while he was on tour and he dropped at the same time Chappelle dropped his special almost to be like, uh, I guess like, well, hey, everybody's gonna watch the new Chappelle special. And see what this other guy's talking about too. And put it out for free, put it out on YouTube and it did pretty well. And he eventually, he got offered to shoot a special. He was gonna shoot it in April. My buddy, he bought me tickets for Christmas. They were gonna shoot it um, in LA at the Orpheum Theater. And obviously it got pushed back. He pushed it all the way to November. I hope it still happens because I've never gone and watched a special taping. So I'm I'm really interested to go do that. Well, I think I'm, I just Googled uh, Andrew Schultz a little bit. and uh, But that's the thing with comedy. Like if you, it's, there's a million of us, you know, there's a million comics and you just got to find something that, you know, it, you got to find your own lane, even if you got to like make a new road. Even yeah, so I, I respect that hustle. That's that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, even right now with all the comedy clubs shut down, he's with his podcast and like he puts out like this weekly, like almost like a five minute open mic set where he talks about everything that's happened over the past week, and it gets so many views on YouTube. And the thing that I think pulls a lot of people to him. I don't mean to be like a huge fanboy over Andrew Schultz. I just think it's really interesting how he's like changing the game up from how things have been done is he's so controversial with the shit that he talks about. And it's a lot of jokes that are like, like people can't get away with saying anymore. He's basically against the whole PC police, the whole cancel me movement. And he says whatever the fuck he wants to say to the point sometimes you're like oh shit like this isn't going to be good like once this gets to you know the social justice warriors he's going to be done and he never it still hasn't happened so it just i'm curious to see what happens with him you know i'm not with my comedy i don't intend to be like offensive with anything but for the comics that do you just have to embody it and say whatever you want. And if somebody questions it, be like, yeah, I, that's what I said. Yeah. Like, that's how you, I, I hate apologists. Like people who, oh, I said I had this bad tweet and now everybody's hating me and I'm getting canceled. 
fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> like, just leave it up there, move about your business, pay it no attention, and then it won't have any attention. That really seems like, even with like the people that are getting canceled now, like, like what with what happened with Chris D'Elia, like that was pretty big news. I mean, it was on People, it was on all these big media outlets, and he just went radio silent, and it didn't help his cause at all because it's like, why are you being so quiet? You know, well, that's a different situation when you're accused of like actually doing something to people. That's a little bit different. Yeah, if you're if you're getting mad at me over a tweet or like a, a joke you didn't like, whatever. Yeah, I'm not even gonna say that anymore. Yeah, I get what you're saying. It was like, did you hear about that girl? She was uh, some character I think on a show called Big Mouth, and she was like, "Oh well, I'm Caucasian and I play an African American character on this cartoon." Yeah, wasn't that like Amy Poehler or something? Somebody like that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I respect that decision, but, like, you didn't cast yourself as that character. Like, yeah. keep your job. Like, especially now, keep your job. Yeah, right now, that's that's the big thing. If you can, especially, like, with a cartoon, because you could probably record that from anywhere. Yeah, most, most people that do voiceovers have, like, like, uh, the guy who does Bender from Futurama. He just has, like, a closet in his house. That's awesome. It's a wild time we live in, man. They're coming after Brian Callen now. Apparently, he uh, he's getting accused of something that happened 20 years ago. Yeah. He's like the latest one. I, I did see that one. And, you know, it's – I want to believe the victims. and But, I, you know, you can't just say, you know, so-and-so did this and then be like, oh, I hate that person forever now when, you know, you got to research some stuff. You, you know, these things don't just fall out of the sky is all I'm saying. Yeah. There's uh, that much smoke. There's probably a fire somewhere. There probably is, but like find the fire first. Yeah. yeah. It's just, I don't know. With this huge exodus that's happening like i mean everyone is leaving joey diaz is leaving you know all the heavy hitters at the la comedy store that are all these huge podcasters and pretty much run la they're all leaving like joe rogan is leaving theo vaughn is leaving chris is pretty much dead you know all and it's like who's gonna be left once everything opens up how are you gonna sell tickets to that place because that was the big draw, you know, like you go see Joe Rogan on the road somewhere, you're going to pay upwards of a hundred dollars a ticket to go see him in an arena with Dave yeah. Chappelle or somebody. And that's the cheap seat. And yeah. And that's the cheap seats. Or you, when you come to LA, you know, if you're just going on vacation or, you know, if you're like me and you travel up there just to go to the comedy store, you know, you go in there and you pay 20 bucks and you see like the night that I saw Joe Rogan, I got to see Andrew Santino open for him, Jim Gaffigan open for him. And then Joe Rogan came out and did an hour. Wow. And I was like, Oh shit. And we're sitting right there in the main room. And then I turn and walk down the hallway going towards the original room, just cause I was like, you know, wanting to see everything that I could while I was there. And I see Steve Byrne, Whitney Cummings, Crystal Lee, they're all in the hallway. 
I'm like, oh, shit. You know, like what you get at like your local comedy club where you see other comics in the hallway is just like that there. Like that's their workout room. Right, right. And that's what was so crazy. It's like, oh, this is fucking insane. Because, you know, the year before, me and my wife, we went to Atlanta to see Chris D'Elia. And, I mean, those tickets were like 40 bucks a piece. So it really wasn't that bad. It was at the Tabernacle. And we were sitting so fucking far away. We were in the cheap seats. And he was, you know, like this. Yeah. And then, you know... For fast forward a year later, you know, I'm going to say, hey, what's up, man? Take a picture with him and all this shit. It was wild. And, like, I've gotten to meet Bobby Lee there. I met Donnell Rawlings at the La Jolla Comedy Store. And that's what I, you know, I don't know. Everybody says I'm such a huge fanboy because I get to meet all these comics. And I'm like, you just got to know what to do. Like, when you're... Yeah. If, if, if you're out there and you can kind of just act like you belong there, they'll say what's up, you know? I mean, that's, that's the way it is. Uh, I know at the comedy studio up here, uh, I'm lucky enough to, to know the owner pretty well, so I'll, I'll just walk in and say what's up. And, you know, I might run into, like, Eugene Merman or uh, Gary Goldman stops in every now and then. But it's not like it's not like an epicenter like L.A., like you're saying. Um, and yeah, that is interesting. Like, where's everybody? Like, what's going to be the new hub? Like, is it just going to revert back to being New York? Or I don't know, man. Like, that's that's the main thing. Is like, I I don't blame them for leaving because L.A. is so much more strict on the restrictions right now than like San Diego. Like here, you know, the comedy clubs are closed, but they're you know, converting to outdoor comedy. So they're still making money and there's still headliners coming and performing. They're just doing it outside. I think Taylor Thomason, she's San Diego native. She just dropped a special, like I think in April, but she's doing the comedy store this weekend and, but she's going to be outside. So they're finding ways to make money. They're just, they're looking for spots that are open. And I mean, a lot of them are just like, look, I'm staying in LA right now to do a podcast and I'm paying all this extra money to live here. It's ungodly to live in Los Angeles right now. And it's just going to get worse. We had, um, but before all this happened, speaking of like cancel culture and stuff, I don't, I don't think we're going to have any comedy clubs. I think the comedy studio is going to be the only thing that survives it right now. But, uh, we had, a, a an open mic venue, that the host uh like canceled the venue because the owner was involved in some sort of sexual assault and was like uh, brazenly unapologetic about it um and it was just part of this you know it created a a bad culture in that oh yeah so he, he literally canceled the venue and now that venue um like it closed like a month before all this stuff happened and had to it got rebought by somebody else but yeah it's, it's amazing how fast like you know it just cancels like that yeah we uh it wasn't the exact same type of situation but i was really excited uh back in february because they were about to open a laugh factory here 
like oh, wow. they yeah they rented out this space under a hotel right in downtown it's actually pretty funny because your two main clubs in downtown were the madhouse and the american comedy company and they're both at the ends of this street well right up through the middle is Gasland. that's your big party district mm. they were going to throw that laugh factory right there on the corner of gas lamp and i was like oh this place is about to take all the business from these other places and i was like this is gonna be the club to be in i mean if everything if everything opens up again you're who's to say they won't yeah i agree i mean with a and that's the thing like with it being like a big name like the laugh factory it kind of coincides with a place like the comedy store like like everybody knows like oh like they hear it in the podcast they hear the big comedians talking about it there and if you go to the laugh factory or the comedy store you're gonna see big names and stuff but they were just about to open they were like yeah we're just finalizing things we're signing a couple more papers like be on the lookout we'll be open like within a week and russell peters was supposed to come and like do the opening weekend and they expected to sell out and the coronavirus hit right then and then it just completely closed down. I went walking around downtown. It looks like fucking Gotham down there. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, like I can, I can, I totally can imagine that actually. Yeah. Like when all the protests started happening, everybody started boarding the windows of their buildings up. And a lot of them have just stayed like that because, you know, they just started something new where they, because they've allowed outdoor dining, a lot of the restaurants up gas lamp have just moved all their tables outside. And it's actually kind of cool because mm -hmm. when you walk through there, they've cut traffic off and all the tables from the different restaurants are just in the street. So it's actually kind of cool, but right around that little nice little hub is just homeless town. And it's terrible. Wow. It just it makes me wonder how long it will take for, like, let's say they came out with a vaccine today. How long will it take things to get cleaned up and get back to semi-normal? Yeah, and I think, I really believe that, like, once things do open up, like, it's just going to be this, like, everybody wants to go out explosion of people that, you know, could end up making things worse again. But, yeah. Yeah, we gotta we gotta get out of the house. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, we, we drive ourselves crazy. I mean, it's like here, like they the beaches are open now. Like they kind of came to the conclusion, like, hey, this is pretty fucking stupid. You can't go out on the beach. Like it's out, beautiful sunshine. You're outside. Like, let's be real here. People aren't catching a virus on the beach now. If it's like Panama City spring break, where everybody's, you know, yeah up on each other then yeah maybe but here it's a lot of families you know they're pretty socially distanced and there's so much coastline you know it's not that big of an issue yeah as long as you're not out there partying like and you're able to keep yeah like you said i'm not trying to sit right next to somebody while i chill on the beach unless it's like you know my girlfriend or my parents or something like yeah but that's what's so crazy is like because there's nothing else to do these people will go to the beach and it will be overcast. It'll look like fucking London outside. Like, it will be just dark. It'll look like Seattle. Like, it's just dark and dreary and just doesn't look like the beach, like a beach day. And people are out there, you know, hauling all their shit in one of those little wagons 
across the street, like when I'm driving to work in the mornings, it'll be 8.30 in the morning and it'll look like it's about to rain and there's people out there in bikinis and shit. I'm like, you're not going to get a tan. What are you out here for? <laughs> but it's because they don't have shit else to do. Yeah, you just got to be out there. I don't know, man. But hey, we've we've been at this for about two hours now. I think we've pretty much covered every subject uh, <laughs> yeah. I think we can. Is there anything that you want to ask before we... uh? call it a day yeah i think we've gone over everything like you said yeah uh give my give myself a little plug you know for people uh who don't know me i do a, a parody conspiracy theory podcast every wednesday uh called trash panda talks wrestling and then on uh mondays i do a no that trash conspiracy and then trash panda talks wrestling i talk about wrestling i got i got it backwards there but <laughs> Yeah, just people find me on YouTube. Hell yeah, man. Way well, hey, I appreciate it. I like sitting down with you. I'll have you on again sometime when, you know, the world does officially end. We can talk about this from the inside of our cave or some shit. Yeah, I, I just got me a man cave. I'm really happy with it. Hell yeah, man. All right, man. Well, hey, take care of yourself. I appreciate it, man. All right. See you. Once again, a huge thanks to Vaden for sitting down with me. I loved our episode. I had a lot of fun doing it. And, you know, whenever some of these conspiracies come to light, we'll have another episode here pretty soon. Uh, with that being said, that pretty much wraps today's episode up. If you like this podcast and you want to be sitting in the same spot that he was, hit me up, DM me, Instagram me, whatever. If you want to be on this podcast, reach out to me and I'll see what I can do to work it into things, okay? If you like this podcast, subscribe uh, on YouTube, subscribe on iTunes, leave a review. This is what helps the podcast grow. Tell your friends. If you like it, refer them to it. Maybe they'll like it more than you. Who knows? With that being said, I appreciate you guys for listening, and I'll see you when I see you. Y'all take care.